Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are cold films that bite. And that's 30 Days of Night and Frostbite. Burr. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I should probably start recording this, just in case your kid gets, like, uh, mauled by a bear or something while we're recording. There's no bears around here. Just coyotes, but... Doug said there's no there's no bears. Moose? Could you, could you get gored by a moose? Yeah. It's unlikely. Because it's unlikely. Amanda thinks you're bullshitting. I'm, I'm sitting where I can see him. I mean, that's about all I can do if a moose comes. So. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you know there isn't a moose in there right now? The moose, the uh, stealthiest of predators. <laughs> does, does it say I'm recording on your guys' side? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, the button says I'm recording, but the usual little thing that pops up at the top of the screen did not appear. Actually, Mine says, uh, says Brian is recording, and I have the usual option to stop your recording if I want to fuck with you. Oh, uh, okay. So, all right. I guess we'll, I guess we'll trust it. May lose our review. I don't know. this week. Uh, it's fine, I guess. Instead of, instead of Noah, I went and saw some wrestling this weekend. It's usually one of you that has to go, so. I'm missing my wrestling show this weekend, which makes me sad. Yeah, but does yours have a 70-year-old something uh, man uh, almost die in the ring? Well, uh, what's what's his face? Uh, Moondog Pongo wrestles for the... Who the fuck is Moondog Pongo? Dude, you don't remember the Moondogs? No. WWF tag team from fucking way back. No. No, no one remembers that. That's crazy. I get, they, they were like weird backwoods, Louisiana gross people was their whole thing. There's usually a tag team that's that. <laughs> so that's the Bushwhackers. That's right now. That's the Briscoes. Yeah. Technically, I guess the Von Erichs would filter into that category. Yeah, I think the Von Erichs were more pretty boy tech team. They were just awesome sure. rednecks. Sure. But I got to see the Von Erichs and the Briscoes wrestle, which was super awesome. It's kind of weird to see how many names were involved in that uh, event you went oh, to. Oh, yeah. The actual Ric Flair part I could give a shit about. It was everybody else I was excited to see. Tickets were only 40 bucks, so I'm just like, really? why, why not? Sure, I'd have gone for 40 bucks. I was already in Nashville. Yeah. It's like the plan was we had nothing to do on Sunday. We were literally just going to sit and maybe walk around town. 
Yeah. Like, which in Nashville is a good way to spend your time. But. Sure. But I mean, if I get a chance to possibly see Ric Flair die in the ring for real, you got to I mean, take that. You got to take it for 40 bucks. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, what did you find me? I just have to tell you what she found me. Oh, she found me a first edition of It. Oh, that's neat. Thrift store. Yeah, but that's not that's not what we're talking about. You're interrupting conversation, Amanda. What a bad. It's, it's fine. It. She's more interesting than us. Let her talk. <laughs> no, I was talking well, about how sad it was watching Ric Flair walk down to the ring. And, you do uh, mean hobble? Yeah. It was... It was pretty bad. I was uh, uh, I was gonna watch the whole match and then I watched highlights of it and then I'm like, nah. That's that's probably would that's you would choice. you call him the denatured boy, Ric Flair? <laughs> sure. Anyways, that yeah, it, it uh, looked every bit as sad as I expected it to. Amanda's out yelling stuff from the other room. Just give uh, me the mic. You go to bed. I will gladly do that. I'm tired. <laughs> Did she uh, did she watch both the vampire movies? Uh no. Then maybe not. She's uh but she really likes uh Thirty Days a Night, so she can probably talk about that. We've watched that multiple times. I didn't even get a chance to rewatch it. I'm like, eh, I've seen it a bunch of times. <sighs> um, but yeah. Yeah, I read today that it is thought that Ric Flair passed out at some point during the match. Yeah. Which uh does not surprise me. So there was a point where he just was laying on the ground, not doing anything. And I'm just like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, that's scary. I was, yeah. was going to say, but from, from the card and the pictures you were taking, it sounds like the rest of the show was real good. Yeah. The rest of the show was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And of course there was no WWE people there, but pretty much every other big organization had somebody there doing something. Well, Jeff Jarrett's a WWE guy now. Uh, yeah, by technicality. Well, he's like an, an executive of some sort, right? He's uh, he's an executive of live production of of live events. That's what it is. Okay. So he handles all the house shows and stuff. But the only reason he could be there is because he doesn't have a talent contract. He has a office contract yeah, right. getting ready to say so they can't yeah they can't block him from doing indie shows well i'm sure if anybody desperately wanted to be there they'd let him well i mean charlotte didn't make an appearance and if he figured anybody would be there it would probably be her she was in the building she just wasn't allowed on tv well yeah she was she was i'm sure she was in the building i'm pretty sure because we were sitting off to the side of the the um the jumbotron whatever the fuck they call it at indie shows. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't see the video, but I could actually just look over to my left and see the, the backstage area. And so I could see who was about ready to come out for most time. Nice. So I saw, I saw flair back there pacing back and forth with his robe on getting ready, trying to psych himself up. So they they finally started selling tickets for that local show where Matt Cardona is going to be that I've been all excited about. It's the fucking day I leave for vacation. <laughs> I should I should have fucking known. This Real bad. This is why you don't take vacations. No, just the odds. It had to it had to land on that one fucking Saturday. 
Is he even, even going to be able to wrestle? He's been injured for a while. Uh, they've been talking about it. Something about he separated his shoulder or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But from what it sounds like, he's planning on it. He was at, uh, was at the Ric Flair thing. Uh, he interrupted the Impact title match. Pissed everybody off. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, was he was he trying to steal the impact title? Because that's pretty funny. Yeah, I think him and the main guy were feuding right before he separated his shoulder. So they're still trying to keep him sort of in that picture without him having to actually do anything. Um, so him and his uh, tag team partner, so Brian Myers, uh, just interrupted the match and ruined it. And. Uh, Jacob Fatu and what's his face? Josh Alexander fought back. But then at some point, um, it was just Josh Alexander standing there, Matt Cardona on his knees in front of him, like, oh, come on, dude, I'm hurt. You wouldn't do anything. And then uh, DDP stepped over the rail because he was sitting front row and just gave him a diamond cutter. And everybody nice. went absolutely nuts, of course. DDP. Yeah. There's a lot of people there. The front row, like of anybody, I'm surprised because Undertaker was sitting front row for it, and they showed him on camera multiple times. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just he's the Undertaker, so he can be like, <laughs> they should have, yeah, yeah, fuck you, I'm gonna go. So they, well, they should have contracted anybody. They should have put Taker in the ring with Flair for his last match, and that would have just been the funniest, hobbliest shit match of all time. <laughs> just two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, just completely unable to perform their craft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most of it was just like punches and stuff. Like I said, the hardest bump he took was just a su- regular old suplex. Yeah, it looked pretty yeah. sad when he was doing like the chops and stuff too. Like he. It didn't look good from the highlights I watched. I was going to say he didn't take his uh, front flip turnbuckle bump that he likes so much. <laughs> uh, no, but the funny thing is uh, back when they were both on impact during the awful time that Hogan was on TNA, uh, Jay Lethal was doing this thing where he was mimicking Ric Flair. It's like he does a really good impression of him. He does the the voice and everything, which is crazy. Nice. And so, you know, he was making fun of Ric Flair by mimicking him pretty much. And so they just had Jay Lethal do all those moves. <laughs> so, like, Ric Flair just whipped him into the turnbuckle and he did the whole flip over and tried to strut on the the uh, apron of the ring or whatever. That's pretty awesome. So they still got all that stuff in. It just wasn't Flair doing it. It's kind of sad, though. I don't know. The whole thing is depressing. Just he should. It's very depressing. That that last match he had with Shawn Michaels at that whatever WrestleMania it was was a really good ending to his career, and I, I wish guys would learn to stay retired after that. Yeah, I, I would have accepted ten years ago if they kind of did the same thing that they were doing for this, like a living memorial kind of thing for his retirement. It would have been great, but not only did they wait till he was past his prime, they waited until like he's damaged property like everyone knows how much of a piece of shit he is now and it's kind of hard to celebrate a guy that everyone knows you're a piece of shit yeah. i think for him it was i think because i believe it was vince mcmahon's idea to do that whole retirement angle he didn't want to retire because you know again he was just going to wrestle until he fell over in the ring yeah no i he 
it's documented that he was kind of forced out of wrestling yeah. at the time because everybody's like, you're too old to do this anymore. He's like, no, I'm not. Uh-huh. And they're like, you yeah. you are. You can't wrestle anymore. You Get hear that, sh- the best you hear that you crunchy can. sound every time yeah. you step? That's that's your hip, which is dust now. And, and, and you know, it's not like Vince gave a shit about any of no. that other than you're starting to look bad on TV. So, yeah, our sponsors don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that will never die. You guys want to talk about some vampire movies? Segway. Nice. Sure. <laughs> you know, why don't you tell us about Frostbite? Ah, fuck. No, it doesn't yeah. like this movie, I don't yeah. think. You had to pick me for this. Okay, yep. so this is a, a series of scenes filmed by a film student about vampires that have nothing to fucking do with each other. That's an exaggeration. Jesus thrown together you're supposed uh, to be doing a plot description not your review just fine fine uh we start with a five minute scene that's a flashback that's a period vampire movie then we jump to a story that's about uh a 20 something year old guy who takes a blood pill and he's turning into a vampire and he has to have dinner with his <laughs> his girlfriend's family oh situational comedy the dog talks. It's delightful. Uh, then we have a party scene that is essentially uh, Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave, but vampires. And then another disparate scene that's about a nurse at a hospital who gets infected with vampirism. And it turns out that the scene from the beginning ties in and he's a weird, not Nazi Nazi doctor who's combining vampires with humans which that's that's what the fuck vampires are in the first place so i don't know what that means yeah that part didn't make a lot of sense yeah uh and that creature effect looks pretty cool like i like his big weird rubber pants that he's wearing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know why they couldn't have left pants on the creature but yeah, I mean, because whatever he every time he steps, it's like vi- you could visibly see the latex bend. And it's like, yep. yeah, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, so that's this movie. Well, number one, you're being a little generous when you say the first scene is five minutes long. I felt like it was a good like 15 minutes of the movie. And I'm just like, is this a World War Two movie? That's what I thought. I was I, like, oh, it's a period vampire movie. Cool. And then it was not. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that opening sequence with the Nazis finding that like cottage. And then it has that moment where they're like, wait a minute, we had to break into this cottage and yet everything in here is still warm. That means the people can't have left. And then all the vampires come popping out and start killing the Nazis. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that. I, I, th- I thought it, it started on the right foot, but then at some point it shifted gears. And I think this movie's supposed to be a comedy. But it's not, but it's not funny. Yeah. You're not wrong. The the funniest part of the whole movie (laughs) is when that fucking dog is, he like walks in the living room and it's standing over the pillow and it's like, look what I found. It's (laughs) mine. Everything on the floor is mine. And like eats it and walks off. (laughs) I was like, okay, that's a pretty good joke. And then that's it. I just, I just, like I said, the rest of the movie, I was like, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. I, I agree that the horror elements of the movie work a lot better than the comedy elements. Um, like I thought some of the stuff, like when they're 
the doctor's in the hospital and he goes down to the morgue and kind of offers to take over the uh, autopsy so the guy can go home to his wife. And then it turns out he's it's a vampire that they're autopsying. So he just slays him instead of going through the autopsy. I thought that scene worked pretty well. I liked the opening scene. I liked when the vampire and the like the vampire doctor guy and the nurse were like fighting it out and he transformed and everything. I thought all that stuff was cool. And then it was just the annoying comedy mixed in with it didn't work for me at all. And I don't know how much of that is like a a translation issue because a lot of comedy doesn't work when you're reading it through subtitles. So, well, and ge- generally, I enjoy a movie that has a plot. It has a plot. Does it? Does it actually have a fucking plot? Yeah, because <laughs> I don't feel like it does. The Nazi doctor guy is in hiding at that hospital trying to do whatever his weird experiment is, which I agree is not well explained. And then the nurse comes to town because she wants to be part of his research, not knowing that he's a Nazi or a vampire. And then she eventually, she eventually is uh, bitten. She decides to fuck it, take off. That's the ending of the movie that you left out of your plot description is she, reunites with her daughter and now they're going to be a mother daughter vampire team i'm going to be honest the fact that they introduce that mom at the beginning of the movie and then you don't see her again until the last 15 minutes of the movie when they start that third or fifth or whatever the fuck it was plot thing with her in the basement with the doctor it had been so long i forgot who the fuck she was what that's not fair they bring her back so there's multiple scenes with her and the daughter I also, the first time I attempted to watch this, I fell asleep like 20 times and had to rewatch the entire movie because I couldn't remember what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but, uh, you will not be surprised to hear that I also fell asleep. But the problem is I watched it today. So, well, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think the movie was boring. I don't think you can blame the movie for you falling asleep. I you don't. Might not, I'm, I'm not saying you had to enjoy it. I'm not saying you had to enjoy it. I just think it was a fast paced film. There's usually something going on. Sometimes that something is high school kids trying to steal drugs from a doctor, but at least it's something. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder how much of the, the reaction we're having to the comedy is because it's a foreign film. And comedy is one of the hardest things to translate, especially when you're dealing with subtitles. And you, you know, a lot of comedy is line delivery and stuff. And you lose that when you're not understanding what the actors say. For some reason, the funniest thing to me was when uh, those kids show up for the party and that other kid's like, look what I got. He brings out a balloon full of helium. <laughs> and that one kid swallows it and then says, my precious. <laughs> for some reason, I thought that was fucking hilarious and thought about it for the entire rest of the movie. <laughs> I have no idea why. Because <laughs> it's I just so loved stupid. It. Just the, um, like a week ago, my kid brought... Well, he brought the birthday child and their helium balloons back to my house after a birthday party. And they were just two five-year-olds in my living room doing the helium thing. And so all of a sudden we're seeing these like, I don't know what they're supposed to be, high school kids or college kids doing it in this movie. I'm like, that's so sad. <laughs> but then I also remember doing it like when I was in university. So it's not like it's in real it's life. Always funny. It's just like- always funny, but... I got really distracted because that one character in the movie's name Saga. And I was like, you know, that's a really cool name. And I just (laughs) kind of thought about that for the rest of the movie. I was like, yeah, Saga is a really cool name. 
I had some issues understanding how old everybody was supposed to be because it seemed like the doctors were friends with the high school kids. But then when they went to that party, it didn't feel like a high school party. It felt more college-y. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Well, it is Europe, so the drinking age is lower. It's true. I don't know. It's a little weird. But, I mean, that one dude's working at the hospital. Yeah. It seems like he's doing something professional, so you'd think he would be not a teenager, but... Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, my biggest problem with this movie is that all of the disparate parts of the movie, just they have fuck all to do with each other. Well, they all come back together at the end, right? It I all, mean, it, it I all mean, ends up but being it's more like vignettes with vampires taking line. over this town to a certain extent. Yeah. Lots of horror movies are that, though. I think my favorite part of the movie was when they were at. Well, my favorite part of the movie is probably the opening, which is always a problem. But uh, once the. <laughs> Once they they got into the sort of more horror comedy elements of the film, my favorite part was when that one vampire was like just hiding behind a couch at the party and just kept pulling people over. And everyone's like, where is everybody disappearing to? And then all of a sudden the blood's coming out from underneath. Then he bites that chick in the face. Yeah. Again, the horror elements worked better than the comedy elements. Like when he bites her in the face, I'm like, that's nice. I like that. Lots of blood. Weirdly, I read that uh, the they made the movie and then no Swedish uh, distributors would pick it up. Understandable. Uh, but when it did come out, it was like the biggest movie from Sweden that year. Really? Yeah. But again, like maybe this comedy really works for Swedish people. Like that there is an element of comedy that is just regional and is funny to people from a certain area that isn't funny to people from elsewhere yeah i'd say this is this movie if i saw this movie at a horror film festival i would go oh yeah those kids made a pretty decent attempt at making a movie yeah well but, i mean but this is a professional really released movie so it's the opposite hmm. of that i'm like Pro- oh <laughs> these people got released. paid to make a shit movie professional release movie uh in the sense that we waited until it was available for free on Tubi before we could discuss it on this podcast. Like it's questionable whether you call that a professionally released movie. It's not even free on like a major streaming service. It's free on a free streaming service that specializes in horror stuff. Yeah, I suppose. So like nobody else. I mean, maybe like maybe Tracy watched because I know she watches the movies that we watch, but nobody else is watching this besides us. So Tubi's like, who the hell wants this? Yeah. I'm telling you, they have to be listening. And just, and just to reiterate a point, they stole the plot from the worst fucking return of the living dead well, movie. I wouldn't okay. know. I've not watched those and I do. We will not be watching those. So, but I would argue they did a better job with it than the what that Return of Living Dead movie. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's ridiculous because of course, of course, they did a better job. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, that movie came up. The rights for that movie came up for sale for like a hundred dollars, and people were still not buying it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I don't know anything else anybody wants to say about it. I don't really have well, much. I will complain about one thing. I'll complain about whatever internet list that I got this off of, which I don't remember what website it was or anything, but the reason it's teamed up with 30 days a night is because they're both about like vampires taking over a town during like 30 days of darkness with no sunlight coming up. 
But oh, yeah, they, they literally mentioned that one time. They, they mention it and then it, it's completely irrelevant plot wise. And it's like, why have that if you're not going to make it relevant plot wise? Like, why bring yeah. it up? Because doesn't this whole movie take place over like one night? Pretty much, yeah. Like yeah the, the, the main action of it does, yeah. What's even the point? Because that's, that's the whole thing is that idiot doctor that takes that pill because he doesn't know what it is. So he just tries taking it because, you know, um, he ends up being basically the cause of all of this because he, he takes the pill. Therefore, that other patient doesn't get her pill. Therefore, the pills end up at home with him, which is where the teenagers steal them from. He's the cause of it all. So it all just spurs from that one moment. And it's over pretty quick. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'm as negative on it as you guys are. I'm kind of like, meh, I'm like whatever. Like, that guy eats a fluffy white rabbit. Yep. Yeah. Wrong with that? I was like, not the rabbit. Oh, and then he kills a really cute little schnauzer, which that one, that one kind of almost ruined the whole movie for me. <laughs> God damn it. Especially them after spending a bunch of time revealing that he can apparently talk to animals now. Yeah, I didn't understand why that was. Because vampire blood makes you Dr. Doolittle. Oh, right. Okay, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. That element of it, the, the talking to animals, I, like, I, I admit I laughed out loud when that first dog spoke to him, but it was more out of shock than out of entertainment. And I was just like, after that, I'm just like, I don't understand why he can talk to animals, and I don't really want him to. I wish he wasn't doing that. The everything on the floor is mine was funny. But yeah, it was, a, it was a funny one line. Yeah, for sure. But I just don't really know why it was being said. Well, and then I suppose that same dog later after he kills the rabbit goes, good job. I fucking hated that rabbit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was definitely of the comedy elements. That was the part that worked best for me was the animals talking. I just don't understand why it was in the movie. I don't I don't remember that part of vampire lore where you suddenly can just talk to animals and shit you just gotta remember if you can mix vampires and humans together you get more powerful vampires not convinced you do but I just once again I don't know what that means like if you if you mix a human with a vampire you get you get a vampire that's what vampirism is yeah yeah it's it's literally how vampires are made. Right. Right. I mean, like this, like it's literally the whole thing. Yeah, but they were Nazis, so they're more evil. Nazi vampires. I mean, it was a vampire who was some kind of vampire supremacist, which was weird yeah, that yeah. his that his type of vampire is better than regular vampires, but he's just he's just a vampire. Pure vampire is the pure race. I mean, come on. I, I suppose. Know. I didn't get I didn't get all caught up in that. I was more just going with the flow at that point of the movie. Once the sort of action kicks up, I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yes, do what you got to do. I'm not going to listen to all the talking. If it had been dubbed, I might have listened to the talking, but I'm not about to listen to all that. And like, when I have to read it, yeah, closed captions didn't even come on automatically for me. I know that was weird. It happened to me too. It's like, what up, to be? You're just assuming I speak <laughs> Swedish, right? Well, then part of me, because I'd hear a word or two, and I'm like, am I just not hearing this correctly? Is there something wrong with my ears? The, sec the second time I watched it, I watched it for a solid five minutes before I realized I hadn't turned the captions on. 
And I was just so disinterested. I didn't even realize that there were no words to read on the screen. That's a good selling point for the movie. Uh (laughs) Do you guys want to tell people whether you recommend they watch it or not? Yes. It's on Tubi. Yeah. If If you're that intrigued, go ahead. Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're all out of vampire movies, I suppose this is one more. I, uh, I, I look at Tubi, like when I find these ones that I've never heard of on Tubi, I look at it as like I'm going through the horror section of my local video store and I'm just going to grab something because why not? And for that, this was fine. Like sure. if I, if I'd rented this from Jumbo Video, I'd have watched the whole thing. I would have even on the VHS for them. Nice. Uh, well, Doug, why don't you run down 30 days a night for people? 30 days a night? Uh, small, like, oil town in northern Alaska is about to go into kind of lockdown because for 30 days they will have no light. So the last um, last planes are flying out stuff, and they'll be pretty much isolated during that time, which I'm not sure if I buy that because of the fact that planes can land in the dark. Um, but whatever, that's the idea is that for 30 days, they'll have no contact with the outside world. Basically, uh, weirdo shows up in town and starts doing weirdo shit, like trashing the one helicopter in town and stealing everyone's cell phones. Um, if you're in the audience, you clearly notice that he's a vampire familiar who's there to get the town ready for his vampire overlords to show up, which they do. He's the Renfield. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally a Renfield. Um, Yeah. Very Renfield-esque. I was going to bring that up. Um, But yeah, vampires show up, start slaughtering everybody. Small group of people have to uh, figure out how to stay alive for 30 days until the sun comes back up. They kind of get whittled down as we have our action sequences throughout the movie. And then uh, eventually... Sheriff Josh Hartnett has to get himself infected so he can fight the head vampire because that'll look cool on screen. And <laughs> he then sacrifices himself by just watching the sun rise with his, uh, is it, sorry, his ex-wife, I guess, that he watches the sunrise with. <laughs> just that whole plot point was a little weird to me. But, but yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it plot-wise. Um, I don't know. You guys, have. I'm assuming we've all seen this before, at least you, Brian, you said you've seen it a few times. Yeah, I've seen it multiple times. I really, yeah. I really like this movie. Okay. I think, and this was, my, I think this is my second time seeing it since it came out. Yeah, I think this second or third kind of time for me, it was definitely something I watched when it was new. And then I don't know if I've seen it since. Um, but what do you like about it, Brian? You're, you're saying you really like it. Um, I feel like specifically when this movie came out, we were kind of deep in the uh, Twilight uh, era of vampires. I believe this director actually made one of the Twilight movies. Entirely possible. It's it's weird that that's your reference point. My reference point to it is that this was made during the initial comic book movie boon where they were sure. making all the non-superhero comics into stuff. Okay, how about this? I look at this as a, all that. I look so at much. this movie as part of the trend of like action-y horror movies that like the Underworld films and the Resident Evil films and all that. So we all have different reference points yeah. for this. 
<laughs> yeah, D- David Slade directed, and he did do a Twilight movie because yeah. he made this big thing about how horrible the Twilight movies were, and then later he did one, and people were like, "What the fuck, bro?" And he's like, <laughs> "Well, they paid they, me a lot of money. They checked out." It's so funny how many people involved in the Twilight films have come out after and been like, yeah, but paycheck, though. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Like everybody Um, involved. It's so funny. (laughs) Now, the reference point for me for Twilight is because vampire movies were definitely not good at this point because they were either either they were a Twilight movie or they saw how much money the Twilight movies were making. So they're like, we need to make it more like Twilight. And so none of them were very good. And this movie, this property was just like, nah, fuck that. We're going to make them super animalistic, like violence. We're going to make all kinds of just blood everywhere. Yep. Uh, and since it's set like during winter time when there's snow everywhere, that red's really going to pop. And I think they did an amazing job, like fulfilling all of that and made it something that I was super excited about rather than like, ah, oh, fuck a vampire movie. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Cause definitely like the, the snowy atmosphere when the blood does hit looks so good. And there's yeah. that, like that one overhead shot where the vampires are just like ravaging the town and they're just going overhead and you can just see like people. And then all of a sudden you can just see splats of blood everywhere where there used to be a person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. There's, there's some great shots in this movie when it comes to stuff like that. There's a, I'm not a huge fan of this sort of like kinetic camera work that they do in this, which is very, that's why I was comparing it to the Resident Evil films and the Underworld films there, because they're, they're kind of that same style of action camera movement that I'm not big on, but this is probably the best movie that uses that style of filmmaking. Because it's not constant. It's only in certain action sequences. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the head vampire. Yep. I, don't, I don't remember what that actor's name is. But he's, Me neither. This is the big thing that I sort of remember. Danny Houston. This is kind of the big thing I really remember him from. And like, you know, Amanda, like I said, Amanda's a big fan of this one too. So we watched it. She's like, oh my God, that guy was terrifying and creepy. And then every time we'd see him in something after this, she's like, oh my God, it's that fucking guy again. <laughs> That's funny. I think I love the way that he specifically, but technically all of the vampires, um, the way they communicate with each other with those like screeches and stuff. But then I love the fact that they can speak like a normal human being as well. So they're like choosing to be animalistic. They kind of, and that, that combination of like, like viciously animalistic and just horrifying and just like screeching noises and uber violent with when they calm down, acting like regular human beings and being able to think like human beings and being able to make a plan to take over this town and all that, all that working together really makes them like, cool versions of vampires because it's fucking it's the best of everything yeah minus all the sparkly bullshit of the twilight era noah noah called this 45 minutes of people being drug under stuff yeah well i mean it's it's not a bad movie but you have to admit the first like third of this movie is just people going ah and getting drug under stuff 
this is a little bit of, I actually if like one of the complaints I would have about the movie is that I think there should be more of that I think if you had a little bit more mystery to it even though obviously we all know it's vampires or whatever going in but if you if you built it up slower I think some of those really cool shots especially that one overhead shot I just imagine what if we hadn't actually seen the vampires before we got that one that big tracking shot of the town. So we're just seeing like people disappear or whatever, and we're getting it. If it, if it had slowed down and uh, been just a slower pace, a little bit more creepy, a little bit more relying on atmosphere in that first little while before the big violence stuff happened, I think the violence would have been better. I, and I just like, I, I looked at, I looked when I was looking at the uh, filmmakers IMDB, I noticed like, yeah, he made a twilight movie, but he also made like hard candy, which is a completely like slow paced, creepy as hell thriller and i'm thinking if he had started the movie off kind of at that level of pacing and then amped it up as things went along it might have been even better i never read did you did you read this comic book no i never did either i from watching the movie i'm assuming some of these shots are panels from the comic book that's just an assumption i'm making i haven't read it uh, the uh the art style is uh ben temple smith i believe I'm not a big fan of his work. I think it's, I think it's interesting that this, because you know I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, it's a fresh take on the vampire genre, and it's like, yeah, but it's a, it's kind of a fresh take on the vampire genre by making a zombie movie instead. I don't know because that's, that's basically what it is, kind of a zombie movie. <laughs> Why is it a zombie? It's, movie? I mean, it's a, it's a 28 days later style running screaming zombies, but those aren't zombies; those are infected. Go ahead. They're zombies. They're just the other fucking zombies. They're not. Just, I don't want to get into it, but they're not zombies. Anyways, go ahead. I'm just saying that's all it is. It's 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 that whole swarming a town, biting people, the infection spreading, dealing with people who are infected. Yeah, hiding out, hiding from the zombies, trying to barricade yourself in. I mean, it's like it's the formula of a zombie movie applied to vampires. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. It's even, I don't know that that's unique to zombie films, though, the way, what you're describing. Yeah. Yes, it is. A lot of zombie movies can be described that way, but also anything with a monster in it can almost be described that way, right? You think? I don't, yeah. I don't agree with that. That's like stereotypically zombie genre. Sure, but that's just because there have been a billion zombie movies made that follow that. Right. I think there's you could probably find other examples of vampire movies that follow a similar trend as well, though. Or werewolf movies or whatever. Anything where there's a pack attacking a town rather than an individual monster. Maybe. I did think some of the stuff where they were dealing with the infected people was pretty effective. Like when that one guy is like, yeah, I'm infected. You're going to have to take me in the other room and chop my head off because there's not really any other way around this. I was like... That's pretty dark. And he starts talking about how he doesn't want to live forever ever because his wife and kids are dead. He's like, it's no fair if I live forever. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to not get to see them just because I got turned into a vampire kind of thing. There's there's that weird 15 to 20 minute period of this movie where it gets real diary of Anne Frankie for some reason. And they're, they're all just they're hot, yeah, they're where they're up in an attic living yep. their life through a little peephole and going stir crazy. Yeah. See, I, I would have liked to have seen that played out more. Like, 
having having more time spent on the fact that they're going stir crazy because they're trying to just you know a group of 15 people living in an attic with no electricity or running water for 30 days then there's that bit where that dude of uh son of anarchy takes a, a trench digger and drives it through a horde of zombies yep it's pretty great son of anarchy <laughs> Yeah, I I really I like his performance in this movie. And then when he just goes, there's that moment he stands and goes, "Well, it's my turn." <laughs> he just goes and gets on the stuff that is a trench digger. I didn't even know what the fuck that thing was. He's just driving it around, chopping them all up. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, like they've mentioned that it's really hard to kill these things and you can't just shoot them. But if you just chop them into little itty bitty pieces, they're pretty much harmless at that point. <laughs> That's a system that would work. Then just tries blowing them and himself up and screws it all up because his explosion kills no one. It was interesting that they completely so they they kept some of the trappings of vampires, but they completely got rid of the stake through the heart thing. Yeah. And once once again, in a very vampire way, it's like chop off the head, destroy the brain to kill them. Plus sunlight. Yeah, I just don't know that stake through the heart really works with these kind of super powered vampires that they have. Right. Because how do you like you, you can't have one of your guys wrestling with one and stab it. You know what I mean? Doesn't really work unless you get to the end, I guess, with super powered Josh Hartnett. <laughs> I, I'll be 100% honest with you guys. I think that's the reason why I never watched this movie again. Because when we got when it got to the very end and I was like, oh, yeah, this is that dumb shit where he shoots up with fucking vampire blood and goes to box the lead vampire while all the other vampires casually stand back and watch. Yeah, it is weird that the other vampires don't just rush him. It's very James Bond villainy. It's a it is a shit ending to a pretty good movie. I don't know what you're complaining about. That's how the 31 Dracula ended, too. I'm just joking. Can you imagine? <laughs> Bella just... Lugosi was in a boxing match at the end. Right. <laughs> well, well, and the fact that that fight, it kind of, they build it up to the, it's going to be this huge, like, action sequence piece. And instead, it's like he jumps at him and he just punches him through the head. And yeah. Like, oh, so it's just a weird, cheap ending. Okay. I, I didn't like that punch through the head move at all. Um, Part of it is also I just didn't give a shit about that character and he was the lead character. So that's a problem. Because <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'd be curious because I was hoping one of you guys had read the comic. Like, is the like divorced old sheriff guy supposed to be 24 year old Hollywood looking motherfucker? Because wouldn't this movie make a lot more sense if that was like a 45 year old grizzled sheriff and like that? makes the whole ex-wife storyline make a lot more sense and all that rather than like being that young and pretty. The only thing I know about the comic book is that it's super short. It's only like three issues. Okay. That doesn't change anything about what I said. So, um, <laughs> well, that's why I'm, well, I was going to say, no, but, so I'm guessing, cause whenever you start to bring up the divorce and all that kind of stuff, I'm guessing that comic book does not contain a whole lot of character. Development. Okay. It's three issues of a comic book. Okay. So you don't think that's in there at all. Okay. I see what your point is. Yeah. I, cause that's what I was just thinking the whole time. I'm like, it's this weird thing where they're going through a divorce and she comes back to town and then gets stuck there for the 30 days. And I'm like, I don't, 
they just they look like they just got out of college. Like lots of people break up with their college girlfriend. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel like even at this time, Josh Hart was doing other movies where he played characters who were breaking up with their high school girlfriends. And I don't know. You guys remember that part where they throw a vampire into the super shredder thing? Yeah. Pretty dope. That's true. When that guy's arm gets caught in that thing and then he's just like flailing around with like his bones sticking out. I fucking love that. Yeah. Yeah. My recommendation is watch this movie and at the end, when the uh, the ex-wife is getting ready to burn to death under the truck, turn off the movie. Like, because that's the way that movie ends. They they hide and let the wife and a child burn to death and the vampires go away. And that's how the movie ends. No, because that's, that's a because that's a better ending than fucking Josh Hartnett shooting up with vampire blood and actually, knuckle boxing the leader of the vampires. And then after that's over. The other vampires being like, hmm, we're just going to casually walk off and nobody doing anything about that. Yeah, I I was wondering if I missed something, honestly, on rewatch was at the end. I'm like, are we to assume those other vampires are screwed because when the sun comes up, they have nowhere to go? Or are we to assume that they will attack another town or? Yeah, they they're just going to they're gonna attack another town. Is it? Yeah, there, was, there was a sequel. So. Yeah. Right. Like it, like I said, it's a bad. The ending of this movie is a very bad ending. It's yeah. bad because it's it's fine to end the movie in a way to be like, oh, some of the vampires got away, and it's going to happen again. It's another thing to be like, bare knuckle box. Okay, we're done now. You guys walk off, and I'm going to go commit son suicide with my ex wife. Because yeah, it could have been interesting too. Like, let's put aside the fact that uh, the fighting. It seems like at least two of us aren't a fan of that fight. But it could have been interesting would have been Josh Hartnett hiding somewhere out of the sun, like amping up to go chase down the other vampires. That could be an interesting ending. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, him sacrificing himself and then the rest of the town is like whatever three people left out of the 153 that were in the town at the beginning of the movie. Um, it's like, all right, so you didn't really save anybody. You just you killed one of the vampires, but not enough of them to really have an impact on what they're going to do at the next town. You killed the leaders, so I guess they'll be slightly less organized. What'd you guys think of the fact that the lead vampire's lines is always him saying some dumb deepity bullshit? You know what I mean? Like where he's constantly saying things that like sound profound until you sit there and think about them for a minute. And you're like, no, that's just something some asshole says. I mean, he is some asshole. That's why he kept killing people and eating right. them and stuff. Um, when I, I like comes it. across a force he can't destroy, he destroys himself. Uh, looking at the Wikipedia for the comic, it does seem like the story follows pretty closely to the comic book. Right. Yeah, to Noah's point, I agree. Some of those lines were cheesy. It didn't bother me at all. Just because, partly because of the performance and partly because that's just, that's what vampires are. They're like hundreds of years old, so they talk all profound-like, but they don't really have much to say because they still don't understand modern society. I don't know. Anything that can be broken must be broken. <laughs> when you say it, I'm not impressed. You. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Unless he said it in a different language. Does anybody know what language it was? I was meant to look that up. Probably Nordic of some kind, I'm guessing. That or maybe it's a made-up vampire language. Mm. I don't know. 
No, the, the made-up vampire language was just the screeches and hollers that had ah! subtitles. I enjoyed those. For some reason, I thought they were Russian. Russian? Because Sarah Palin's house is so close to Russia. Sure. And that's all. That's, so that's when yeah. you think Alaska. That's what you think. Oh, it's God. very plausible. Damn it. Why wasn't that the ending of this movie? Just Sarah Palin shows Sarah, up? Just Sarah Palin shows up on a fucking goddamn snowmobile and gets ripped apart. <laughs> all right. It's not Noah's wish fulfillment hour. They're just making a movie like it's. <laughs> yeah, but my wish fulfillment is great. Be dope. Uh, we kind of brought it up earlier, but I really like Ben Foster in this movie too. Yes. In the, in the Renfield role. I fucking, that performance, right. the way he plays crazy in this movie is it's like, oh my God, like so perfect. I remember wanting him at this time to play because this is when they were going to reboot Nightmare on Elm Street and I wanted him to play Freddy. It's like that was rumored for a while. Yeah, probably. There's, I mean, there was a lot of rumors back then. Yeah. But like he was, he was always my friend of choice and it was because of his little performances in movies like this. Not his uh, turn as Angel in the third X-Men movie? No, that one didn't, didn't scream that, Freddy Krueger to me, believe that, it or not. That didn't help. No, it is a, although, a compliment although to his acting. Pedophile may have been. No. It's a compliment to his acting that he can play both roles, but you know. But I'm on the record being a fan of him. Um, like we've talked about that before on the podcast that I like actively seek out Ben Foster movies, which is weird because <laughs> he's usually playing some small supporting role. Yeah, but a little bit of screen time it's golden. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, the way he's like, he's mean and he's intimidating when he's speaking to the humans and he's like, got that fuck you attitude because I'm here with the vampires. So what are you going to do about it? And then when the vampires come in, he's like shriveling and fucking like bowing down to them. Like the way he does both and he plays it just like he's this level of crazy where all of that makes sense in his head. I really like that. Uh, so sounds like we're at least mostly positive on it. I mean, yeah. I, re- I really like it. You seem to really like it. That I like a lot. Yeah, like no, like I said, it's a, it's a good movie with a bad ending. And I don't necessarily think that that bad ending makes it to the point where you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. And I like, like I, I do see it as a missed opportunity. I wish it had been maybe made in a different era where the story could have been told in a slower way where we wouldn't have needed such, you know, pretty Hollywood types in the lead roles. Um, but for what it is, it's it's a good movie. Doing it as like an HBO three part miniseries would be really cool. Yeah, yeah I can see that. It's I mean hell, it's been a couple of years. They can probably remake it now if they want. So it seems like I had heard they were thinking about doing something, but I haven't heard. Yeah, did the the sequel comic never got a movie? Did it? Uh, I don't know about the comic. Um. Is there a sequel movie? There's, there's, a, sequel there's movie. a sequel movie. It was direct yeah, to video. 30, 30 days uh, at night, dark days. Yeah. Uh, the wife is played by somebody else. And she goes to LA. I'm uh, already, I'm already out. You don't have to tell me the rest. She, uh, <laughs> cause I literally just read the description. Cause I'm like, Oh, what was that movie about? She finds out there's a way to bring her husband back. She goes to another group of vampires 
to trade something for his remains. Uh, I don't know why they have his remains specifically. Because he just turned to dust, right? Yeah. So so what remains? But uh, she double crosses him, apparently blows up the house that they're in. But is able to bring him back, but just immediately bites her and turns her into a vampire. And they was vampires, apparently. So kind of dumb to me. That sounds atrocious, and I'm not going to watch it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dude, you know what else I loved about this movie? Because it made me laugh out loud. It's like they're supposed to be in the middle of like a separation where they haven't decided whether they're getting back together or not. But she flies into town and then doesn't bother to let her know she's there until she needs a ride. Of course. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude. like, you gotta, That's when you stop the reconciliation talk, I think. If she requires a plane to get to town and doesn't tell you every time she comes, a town where there's 152 people there during this time of year, she's not even worried that she'll run into you. Yeah, they portray this, yeah, like the smallest town in America, but somehow they're going to miss each other. Yeah, because they do it because they go to like the... They actually go to the sign, so 152 isn't a made-up number. That's how many people are going to be there over the course of this 30 days. (laughs) Because they actually go and change the population sign for, for when everyone leaves. Yeah, I don't know. I really like the movie. Everybody should check it out. Yeah, I think a lot of people have probably seen it, but it is uh, it's good. I, I, I wish it leaned more into the horror than into the action. I think I remember, that's my memory of it, and now that I've rewatched it, I'm like, yeah, I still feel that way. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, We do have a piece of feedback. Somebody commented on the website, which is the worst way to get a hold of us. Nah, it's the best way because I don't know. I don't know about those ones until we're uh, recording and you bring it up. Uh, well, I sent it to the email. Nah. Um, comment. He says, "Hey guys, who is it? It's Daniel. Hey guys, glad to see so many kaiju films getting reviewed. If you haven't already seen yeah. it, then I'd say watch Shin Godzilla from 2016." It's got a boardroom scene where the scientists comment on all the Godzilla and Kaiju science not making sense. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I like that idea. It's like, yeah, like, we, we know. We know. <laughs> um, Doug will be happy because uh, Daniel continues. Also, I'm about of the same opinion on Thor, Love and Thunder. But I'm not worried that this. That this. I forgot a word not worried uh basically i'm not worried about the future of the mcu movie seems annoyed at the pathos of thor from infinity war and endgame and tries to undo all of it whilst making jokes and it doesn't care about anything i feel like it would be i feel like it will be all forgotten by the next time he shows up it will just be the thor from the end of endgame also with the multiverse they can bring back christian bale as gore Maybe from a universe where he did wipe out the gods and like Ultron from what if then goes to other universes to do the same. 
Interesting. Uh, also, which kaiju that has that haven't teamed up in a movie do you think should team up, and who would they fight? I just uh, before we get into the kaiju stuff that I probably won't have any comments on. Um, I did go back and re-listen to our discussion of Thor, and I am gonna say I think I was way too easy on that film. I oh, don't Jesus. think I, I do not think I expressed how insulted I felt as a comic book movie fan watching that. It really felt like like the filmmakers were bullying those of us who actually care about comic book movies and just like making fun of us for having the nerve to think they matter. Uh, Offensive. I I find it disturbing that it's a Taika Waititi movie and I like it as little as I do. I I, I love, I love freaking Taika Waititi and I watched it and I was like, "Mm." I finished rewatching all of, uh, the first two seasons of what we do in the shadows. And I'm like, I can't believe somebody who is this good at doing this was like that offensive at what they did. <laughs> I, I four out of five. I, I'm back to like, I, I I've started watching Marvel trailers again. Cause I'm scared. If, if the next one that looks like that, I just won't see it. Uh, Kaiju team ups. Noah, you're the expert. Oh, man. How about uh, the Cloverfield monster from the first Cloverfield versus Space Godzilla, maybe? I think that would be dope. How about the Cloverfield monster versus the baby from Money I Blew Up the Baby? (laughs) That would also be fucking great. Cloverfield monster versus whatever the fuck that thing is in Big Man in Japan. (laughs) Nothing, Doug? No, I mean, I would just want them to have a good reason to fight. (laughs) Cloverfield monsters don't need no reason to kill anything. Yeah. Well, don't do it found footage, I can tell you that. Again, I would be more interested in the storyline than in the the fight, which is why I shouldn't watch kaiju movies. uh, Cloverfield uh, Pacific Rim crossover? Yeah. That makes sense pretty dope i keep hoping they're gonna finally announce that they're gonna do a godzilla pacific rim crossover thing but i don't think it'll ever happen only if del toro is involved always don't do it second pacific rim movie was not good i never even saw it because it just didn't even look good and i was a big fan of the first one uh what everybody watch uh a thing uh i went and saw super pets okay I also went and saw Super Pets. You so know we what? Have a discussion. So it's it's delightful. I don't. I really don't have any complaints. I mean, it's a kids movie, and it does all the things that a kids movie needs to do. That's it. Yeah. I actually this is so spoiler spoiler alert. Skip skip over all this, but uh, uh, I kind of wish Crypto had died at the end, like Iron <laughs> Giant. Okay, it's a kids movie though. Yeah, but the Iron Giant dies at the end. Yeah, but. <laughs> Listen, there was no chance. You could tell from the opening know, scene of this movie. I know movie, that there, there was, was no chance. chance. I know there was no chance, but man, that would have hit real hard. Yes, it would have. I would have cried. I would have cried like like I was a child. I I, I was uh, surprised how much I cared about the dog characters in this movie. Um, like specifically the one voiced by The Rock and the one voiced by Kevin Hart. I was like, holy shit. Like the they're, they do work together well, those two guys, and they're bringing it in this movie, and they're they're creating real characters, and I'm I, I 
I was into the movie a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. And and they so, told a legit superhero story. Sure. Yeah. And the funny parts are real fucking funny. There's some good laugh out loud moments. Once once yeah. again, spoiler alert. Skip skip this. <laughs> it's fine. Don't pay attention to the jokes. But god damn it, that is that a licensed toy? Yes. Line was I, I mean I I think I barked out loud in the theater. <laughs> Pun intended. Jesus Christ. Well, fucking Keanu Reeves voices Batman and it's real fucking funny. That's um the, the first line he says in the movie. I don't know where I'm we're down to spoiler warnings. I'm not doing that, but he's a so they've just had their big like moment where the Justice League stops the bad guys and Superman is like rolling around on the ground with crypto excited and all the other superheroes are just standing there and then it's it's silence for like 30 seconds and Batman just goes I miss my parents (laughs) (laughs) that made me laugh out loud so much it's like I work alone Uh, yeah I probably have no interest in seeing the movie but um, the best thing about it is that the Rock and Kevin Hart have been doing press for it together. Oh yeah, and, and that's always a delightful time. So, a a lot of people are heralding the uh, the death of the post credit scene because of this movie, I, as they always do. But I kind of thought it was genius. I mean, it's it's basically an advertisement, but what a funny advertisement! I don't know if I saw the post credit scene. You didn't. So they're playing catch in a park. And another dog shows up and his name is Anubis. And he's uh, Black Adam's dog. Okay. And he's voiced by The Rock. As well? Okay. And Black Adam's there and he's voiced by The Rock. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So actually. it's The Rock, The Rock, and The Rock having a conversation. Yeah, okay, I did not see that. Yeah. All right. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's basically, uh, I mean, it's literally just a joke advertisement for black yeah but it's pretty funny so you know what else i noticed in this movie is dc finally shooting back at marvel i've been i bring it up all the time how marvel has been making fun of dc openly in their movies and in this one you have a dog who's about to give thee with great power comes great responsibility speech and somebody just like cuts him off and goes on to the next joke and i was like oh dc's finally growing a set of balls and saying something back i like that it's funny it's uh yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I don't know. I mean, I only went and saw it because my kid wanted to see it. and It was a rainy day and whatever. But I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I expected to. Brian, one of the major plot points is that Crypto loses his powers because the, the villain gets him to eat a piece of kryptonite by hiding it in a piece of cheese. Nice. That's, <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty funny. By uh, by villain, he is of course referring to a guinea pig that Lex Luthor was doing experiments on. But the guinea pig thinks that her and Lex Luthor were teammates because <laughs> they both lost all their hair. I was going to ask if it was bald. Yep. Yeah, I mean a lot of the stuff like that, which is pretty predictable, but it is well done and well executed. Yeah. Well, fun. Yeah, I, uh, it's the big rec- It's the big best thing DC has done in a long time, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, 
You know, the funny thing is they did the stupid tortilla challenge uh, where apparently you pay rock, rock, paper, scissors with a mouthful of water. And then whoever wins gets to slap the other one in the face with a tortilla. And then whoever spits out their water first, either through laughing or any other means like loses. Okay. Some some dumb it's just the t- strangest t- fucking thing. Yeah, it's some show. dumb TikTok trend. But Kevin Hart and The Rock do it, and it's absolutely fucking hilarious because Kevin Hart wins the rock paper scissors, so he gets to smack the rock in the face with a tortilla, and it's probably the funniest damn thing ever. And even it's... beforehand, they're arguing how they can hold the tortilla because <laughs> Kevin Hart's like accusing him of putting his whole hand behind the tortilla and smacking him with it. And stuff, and it just goes on and on. Do you guys do you guys follow The Rock on social media and stuff? Uh, I follow him on Instagram. I was going to say I I do not. And I was just listening to an interview with someone else who was talking about hanging out with The Rock, and I had never heard of the Iron Palace thing before. Oh yeah, that is insane. Do you know about that, Doug? Uh, Is that just his gym or whatever? He is he is insane. Like full studio gym that is packed up and moved to every movie set he works on. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can't can't not work out for an hour long period. He's usually up like three in the morning starting to work out. So, yeah. I don't understand that life. Um, Another interview they did, because I don't know, because again, if you follow The Rock on social media, he just bought his mom a house recently. In the interviewee, some lady brings it up. You see Kevin Hart just start rolling his eyes like, oh, my God. And she's like, what? That's sweet. He's like, he's like, well, what are we supposed to clap for that? Mr. Billion Dollar Box Office over here finally bought his mom a house. And he's just like, I'm just saying what everybody in here is thinking right now. And the Rock there's some truth to that, actually. Well, the rock goes in on it, too. And he's just like, yep. Yeah, mom, no more apartments. <laughs> Kevin Hart's just like, yeah, you know, billion dollars at the box office. You keep telling your mom, we're going to get there, mom. We're going to get there someday. And then The Rock's like, well, let me clarify. I've bought her many homes over the years. Uh, this is the one that she thinks is like her final home because she's getting older. And it's like one that she specifically wanted. So he bought it for but. Kevin Rock or Kevin Hart just roasting him the whole time is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, those two uh, those two work well together. Yeah, I just like I posted like I want to see the like I want to hang out with them and I was like no actually I don't I don't even want to hang out with them I just want to watch them hang out together all day because you just kind of you want to be in a bar and those are the guys at the next table and you can yes. just hear them and you're just like sitting there with your friends upset with them for not being as funny <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right well uh, did anybody watch anything else uh i also watched ready to rumble again yeah Yeah. i haven't watched it in a while but i'm a fan uh, yeah yeah, i i hadn't watched it a long time because of the uh the hard feelings of the fact that kind of it it heralded the end of wcw yeah but that's wcw's fault yeah you can't blame the movie I mean, it's it's funny. You gotta you gotta give it that. It's a little mm-hmm. gross and over the top at points. Oh, it's completely stupid and insane. But that's what makes it great. Dude, the part the part of the beginning of the movie where they stop and they get fast food, and then they're sitting on the back of their sewage truck eating 
their burgers and there's literally shit like globs of shit leaking out of a thing right next to them while they're eating their burgers <laughs> it's just like <laughs> my one complaint is who the fuck decided Oliver Platt would be a good a good wrestler for that movie was his, it was his performance is good yeah, I guess, but I just feel like there's other people that would have done it better. I I mean, there was a bunch of wrestlers who get into it, and they're wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the wrestlers all had to play themselves, though, right? I suppose it's just a strange. I don't. I don't know that. That is a weird thing that they went with. I mean, they could have at least called Tiny Lister up, brought Zeus back. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> Fucking it just David Arquette's off the fucking rails in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Probably probably at the highest time of his cocaine use. Right. I guess. This is really when he was technically a pro wrestler as well. So right at the beginning of that. A lot of glare coming off of the dome, squirrel nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a funny movie though. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was delightful. I don't I I really don't blame the failure of this movie on on anyone. It's just it's it's a very expensive movie tailored to a very very narrow audience. <laughs> well, yeah. not only that, but it's also like um the way that they tried to tie it into their actual wrestling. You're like I, and I still don't know even I've rewatched that movie not that long ago and it's like I don't know if wrestling's real or fake in that movie. And that about sums up WCW for you at the end. You're like, are you guys, are you guys in on the joke that wrestling's fake or are you still pretending it's real? One or the other. You can't have both. This is when they were trying to blur the lines. You you can't do that. By saying, yeah, wrestling is fake. We have scripts, but this person just went off script. It is making stuff very real. Which in turn was still fake. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow that failed to attract an audience, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They should have just had a fucking seventh color of NWO come in. (laughs) It's the only thing they knew how to do right in that company. (laughs) You say right. I don't even know if they got that completely right after the first run. No, the first one is. And and the movie starring other guy. You guys know other guy. Scott Kahn. James Kahn's son. Yeah, yeah, other guy. He just lost his father, and you're making fun of him. Right? Who gives a shit about that guy? He was in the Oceans movies. You shut your mouth. I don't, I don't, I don't, give, a, I don't give a shit about those movies. Either. He was also in Gone in 60 Seconds. All right. Don't, get, don't, don't <laughs> particularly keep, give a shit about that. Well, you just keep, it's great. keep digging them all. I was defending him a second ago, Brian. <laughs> I love Gone in 60 Seconds. You can bag of dicks. I don't no, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's fine. I don't, I, I don't do uh, car movies. It doesn't matter. It's Nicolas Cage car movie. That should be enough. It's not. Anyways, it's not the point. Um, What'd you watch, Doug? Let's know it has more. Um, no, that's it. I I didn't watch a lot. I saw like we've already talked about League of Super Pets. I don't think we need to go over that again. Um, the only other thing is I'm I'm still determined to watch good shark movies. So I gave up and rewatched one that I knew was good. Which is uh, the Reef from 2010, um, Australian shark movie. Which is, I mean, if anyone's going to make one, it's probably the people who are always being eaten by them. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, have you guys seen this one? It's widely seen as one of the good shark movies for horror fans' perspective. Uh, no. No? It's a, yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah. Australian people on a boat capsizes. They got to try to swim to shore, which is like 10 miles away. Sharks come and eat some of them. Uh, you know, plot is pretty, pretty light, but it's, it does what good shark movies do, which concentrates on like the atmosphere and the fear of these people, like who are trying to make it across the water without getting eaten and doesn't really become this action movie thing, which is smart because, you know, eventually action movie sharks get ridiculous. And I, one of the reasons I rewatched it was because they just put out a sequel, which I guess is on shutter. So, uh, probably going to watch that again soon. Like we were, sorry, see that as well soon um yeah it's if you like shark movies i would definitely the reef is definitely one of the ones that is really it's well respected for a reason it's actually pretty creepy scary none of the characters are super annoying or like belly girlish i don't know nobody tries to fight a shark with a knife at the end oh yeah nothing nothing crazy like that you know it's just sharks trying to eat people Jason Statham doesn't punch it in the face? No, not in this one. Not that good, then. It's a totally different scenario. But yeah, I'd uh, I'd recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. I kind of assumed everybody had seen it. But uh, if you're if you're into shark movies, it's one of the few, what I would call good ones, where it's an actually a good movie, not just stupid fun to watch. It's no Jaws, but that's not fair, right? did see part of Jaws 2 while I was on vacation. Oh, yeah? I like Jaws too. It's yeah. no Jaws, but it's fun, and it's yeah. let's see, it's fine. That that ending where he like has to steal a steal a police boat to rush out there, and then there has to a helicopter. I think the shark takes down a helicopter. Like, <laughs> the shark's like, like, oh great. fuck no! And you have that ridiculous discussion in the middle of the movie where he's like could this shark be seeking revenge for something that happened to another shark? And everyone's like, fucking no, you idiot. Like, <laughs> and then two movies later, they're like, oh no, that's exactly what's happening. This shark can swim down to the Caribbean faster than this lady could take a plane. <laughs> that's how much revenge is on the shark's mind. This shark causes log jams so that the police will have to come out and get it so that it can bite the guy's arm off. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyways, you should watch Jaws 4 on this podcast. That's almost like a commentary movie that we should do just for the sake of laughing at it. <sighs> Make it happen. Random side that. note when I logged into Tubi to watch that one movie, it did say that they're adding Jaws on Tubi. So that means I'll be able to watch it through another streaming service. It's, cool. already, it's already on Netflix and on Prime up here, but I'll watch it on Tubi as well. Why? Just so you can watch it with ads? That's the plan. I don't know why, but I like to watch it on different streaming services. <laughs> so that all the streaming services think it's very popular because it's being watched on every single one of them. Yeah, by me. <laughs> I feel like it's important to train the algorithm. And right now my 2B one is fucked because all it recommends to me is kaiju movies. <laughs> Actually, I did see that they're talking about releasing it in like IMAX format, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's on a day I can't go for some reason. I was really pissed about it. Oh, 
to look into that. Yeah, it's going to be one of those like re- released at the same time on the same, you know, satellite network okay. across the country or whatever. So it might not even make it up here. Yeah. But we'll see. I might, uh, I would try to check that out because I definitely, I remember the experience of like, when I got my first like big TV and watching Jaws for the first time in like proper widescreen with good sound and everything and realizing it's so much better of a movie than I thought it was before that. So I think I'd love to see it. In, even if I'd, I'd go see it anywhere, but I'd love to see it in like a big IMAX format. Yeah. Uh, September 2nd. So it's Labor Day weekend. So it's Saturday? It's a Friday. Oh, I think I have plans to Saturday. Nothing going on on the Friday. Labor Day weekend. No, it just says USA. So I don't know if Damn that... It. Uh, if that also, because you know, USA just means everything because that's a, how we feel about it. Well, there are a lot of like things that are like, I see the advertisements for like in the US and there's like the Fathom events and all that for like limited release things. And I'm always like, I get kind of a chuckle out of it because then like here it'll just be playing in theaters and they're not calling it a Fathom event, but it's still just playing for only those same two days or whatever. And I'm just like, yep, yeah, okay. Let's see. This does not give me a date at all. I'm wondering. Uh, well, ca.news.yahoo <laughs> says that it will be screening in IMAX screens on September 2nd. So I would assume that means in Canada as well. Okay. I, I, I realized as we we're having this conversation that I have a tab open with theater showtimes playing so i just decided to flip to it and see but it does let me scroll ahead to september so uh did you get your kid get eaten by a land shark yet while you're sitting doesn't appear that anything has eaten anyone in my backyard yet so i will have a closer look when we're done recording but this is disappointing (sighs) this might surprise you to hear this but if i thought there was a high risk chance of him being eaten while he was out there i probably wouldn't have left him alone in the backyard can't coddle these kids doug (laughs) It is. It's not the '80s anymore, Brian. Can't just leave children to their own to <sighs> fight off monsters. Be better if it was. Uh, did you watch anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Actually, All right. um, I did watch two things. Uh, a friend came over. We watched the Neil Marshall movie Doomsday. Uh, for okay. those that don't remember, it's sort of a Escape from New York, Mad Max-esque blend of action movie. Um, very conveniently, uh, there's a horrible plague in the UK, and so they just wall off Scotland because they're like, fuck that place. And, uh, and then uh, like 30 years later, the plague is starting up again. They realize satellite images has revealed that there are still people alive up in Scotland, which means somebody is immune. So there might be a cure. So they have to send this woman in to, uh, to hunt, hunt her down and figure out what's going on and bring it back and just do within 48 hours for whatever contrived plot reason they came up with. Uh, the movie's always a lot of fun. I've seen it multiple times. Uh, it's kind of got a blend of everything starts off doing uh, you know plague like I said and then 
going into a weird Mad Maxian sort of situation. Run down cities and punk looking people like driving cars with people strapped to the front of them because why not? And uh, at some point they go through a tunnel under a mountain and pop out the other side where people are living like it's the Dark Ages. Like knights and horses and Malcolm McDowell is king for whatever reason. <laughs> so you get a little bit of everything. It's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie since I think I guess when it was new. Yeah. But like I remember thinking, man, there's just a lot of random shit going on here. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh my only complaint is it's maybe a little longer than it needs to be. But I did watch the unrated cuts, so maybe that's part of the problem, but um there's a some point I'm just like, all right, we got to start wrapping this up. And I'm like, holy shit, 45 minutes left. God damn. I find that, yeah, some movies are supposed to be an hour and a half. And that sounds like a kind of movie that should be an hour and a half, you know? Totally. Um, but that was good. And then I also went to the theater and saw Nope. Oh, yeah. Which Doug still hasn't seen, it sounds like. I have not. Nope. So. Curious to hear your thoughts on it. Won't go too far into it, but uh, everything that Noah said about it is wrong. So that should make you happy. That's, I was assuming that, but could you be more specific as to how he's wrong? <laughs> uh, I didn't feel as sloppy at all. Noah kept calling it sloppy. Um, I mean, you think that that is a tight script? I think it's fine. Okay. I didn't have any problems with it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can't talk about it too much. Otherwise you just give away what the. Okay. Is. So. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But there's some good uh, commentary on stuff like usual from his movies. Um, shit that just makes you go, holy shit. What the fuck is going on? And then other shit that's just awesome to look at. It's a, it's another one that's well over two hours. Is it worth it? Like, is it need to be or. It's only like it's worth it because you obviously liked it, but yeah, it's only like two hours ten minutes. Yeah, it's not that. And it doesn't over. it doesn't feel that long. I okay. I just once once again, I just don't. I feel like there's a bunch of stuff in there that I don't. I don't understand why it's in the movie. No, I. I was happy with everything. I mean, you didn't you didn't feel like uh, what's his face's character the, uh, the dude from Walking Dead. I can't remember his name. Yeah, that that like Stephen that they, Yeah, that they spent an inordinate amount of time on that character's backstory. Whenever he's actually in the movie for about ten minutes. No, I, I the whole yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to get it. <laughs> right, Doug, you need to go see this movie so we can talk about it. I'll see what I can do. Uh, I think it just feeds into the themes of the entire movie. I mean, I I agree. I I agree with that. But thematic crossover isn't enough. Like, it should have bearing. It doesn't have any bearing on the film. I would disagree. But we'll get into it. Doug watches it, I guess. Okay. Well, and that could be just a disagreement on preferred filmmaking styles, too, right? Because there's definitely people who will add stuff to a movie just to reinforce the themes. And if it's not moving the plot along, I can see how that can be annoying, depending on the movie. So, 
Sounds like maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe. That's my analysis of the movie I haven't seen. I don't know. Like I said, Doug, <laughs> Doug, see, see the movie, and then we can have a more in-depth conversation about it. And like I said, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, maybe it's, or maybe I have a fundamental misunderstanding of something in this movie. But no, um, it, it, it could be a matter of just different opinions and different expectations from a movie. Right. And, and once again, everyone at home, it's a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just not. I'm saying it's not as good as his other work. Is that what I got some talkings to on social media about his criticisms? Is that what I'm hearing from your backpedaling here? <laughs> no, but I get that. I get that all the time where I say this one thing is wrong with something. And then everybody's like, why do you hate it? And it's like, I don't I don't hate it. I just a thing is wrong with it. <laughs> it's OK to point out that something's wrong with something. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you on that. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't know, there seems to be people everyone assumes that it has to be the best movie ever or the worst movie ever. And it's like, why can't it just be something in the middle? Which I agree with, because I actually agree with Noah that I think it's out of his three movies. I think it's my least favorite of his. Okay. But that, but it, that doesn't mean anything because the least Jordan Peele movie that I enjoyed is still better than a lot of stuff that I see all the yeah. time. I was going to say, especially because one of those three movies is probably one of the best horror movies made in the last 20 years. See, I don't have the same appreciation for Jordan Peele as you guys do. Uh, like, I thought Us was his best movie so far. Not the one we were talking about? I was assuming you were referencing the other one. Yeah. Honestly, uh, Us and Get Out kind of switch places for me every once in a while. Depends, yeah. on, depends on the day. Because I love both those movies for both completely different reasons. Well, yeah, I, and I respect the fact that they are completely different films. I do like them, mm. and there's there's similarities if you know if you get into the discussions about the fact that they're both kind of heavy thematically, and they both have a lot of social commentary in them and things like that. But filmmaking style is very different, obviously. Um, well, and and just his his raw understanding of very specifically genre horror science fiction from the 70s yeah i mean it's that's such a that's such a specific thing but i mean that's what he does and he just crushes it uh you also appreciate doug that this is completely different than his other two movies so. well, that's good no and that's yeah you know, like i will get around to seeing this I might even see it this week just because you guys seem to really want me to. Yeah, you will. I was going to hold off until it was at my local art house theater, but that looks like it's making too much money. So I'm going to have to, I would have to wait too long for that. That's <laughs> a uh, damn it. Make less money. So I can go to the art house theater to see it. I, just, I haven't been there in a while. I don't want to go. I get it. Although they're showing labyrinth tomorrow night. So I could go see that instead Ooh. of seeing. Nope. I would, I, I might go see labyrinth instead. What kind of magic spell to use? <laughs> so. That is one I would definitely want to watch. How big? How big is the screen? You don't want to go too big on the screen when you see Labyrinth. <laughs> I, you don't need to say it. I know what you're Bowie's thinking. Horrible little hamster package. Is it uh, converted to 3D? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> I don't think they have 3D capability at this particular theater. Oh. It is not a big screen. That way. 
I saw it. I saw it not in IMAX, but on a very big screen. And it really that I because I always forget about that because I love the movie so much. I just repress <laughs> that one thing. And then, man, that scene popped up and I was like, oh, uh, Jesus, <laughs> that's a big thing to, re- to repress. It was not just big. It was huge. Speaking of seeing old movies in the theater, uh, while I was in Nashville, I was so pissed because one of the theaters that I can go to to see old movies every once in a while hasn't done anything I wanted to see in forever. And then, of course, the weekend I was in Nashville, they showed a double feature of Terminator and Terminator 2. Well, good for them. That's good planning on their part. I was like, motherfuckers, how dare you? Isn't it just how life works out sometimes? Totally. Because also, like, this upcoming weekend is, like, a convention I wanted to go to. I found found out something else was going to go on, but then I have to work on Saturday. Fucking dumb. Then yeah. the weekend after, I don't have to work, and there isn't jack shit going on. You'll be able to stay home and read reviews or watch YouTube videos from people who got to do the things you wanted to do the previous weekend. God damn it. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, next week, uh, since we've since we uh, watched some vampire movies, we spent a whole month watching giant monster movies. Figured, you know what we need? We need a real hero to save us. We need him to do it by, say, climbing cliffs or spelunking below the surface of a road. So we're going to be watching the Stallone movies, Cliffhanger, Daylight. That's, I have. I don't know that I've ever seen either of those ones start to finish. I'm actually looking forward to next week. Die Hard on a Mountain. The bad guy is... Uh, um, John Lithgow, isn't it? John Lithgow and Cliffhanger. Yeah. Which makes it completely worth watching Cliffhanger start to finish. Plus, it makes all those random cliffhanger jokes that were in the movies for the next two years after the movie cliffhanger came out. It makes sense. Go back and watch Ace Ventura 2 after that. <laughs> we just be careful what we say. Stallone's on a bit of a social media tirade right now. If we piss him off, we might get ourselves into trouble. Uh, oh, yeah? Have you not been following this? Yeah, I knew that trailer for his... Somewhat superhero movie Samaritan came out. I haven't even watched the trailer yet, but that's all, that's all, that's all I knew. No, he, uh, cause they, the studio came out and announced that they were moving forward with a spinoff from the Creed oh, movies. Oh, that's right. Called, uh, and he, like, I had no idea that any of this was happening and I just logged into Instagram and I guess I follow Stallone and I forgot. <laughs> and he just had this like several pages long, just ranting and raving and, you know, tagging Dolph Lundgren and like, how could you do this without involving me? And <laughs> just super angry about it. And it's like, uh, true. Uh, uh, there, there is a disturbing trend of what is it with making movies about the bad guy in other movies? I don't know. It's not even just making movies about them. It's this thing where we have to like every bad guy has to be like, what if he was really right? And what, you know what I mean? And it's like, you have to redeem him in some way. Sometimes it works, you know? um, And sometimes it doesn't. I think it like a Cobra Kai is an example. It kind of works there, right? Like it's, and you go back and, but when you go back and watch that original movie, you can see 
where maybe LaRusso wasn't always the good guy and we just kind of assumed he was because he was the main character. I don't want to hear that Ivan Drago had like <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear that he was really the good guy. That's if he that, dies, he dies. Yeah, because that, my grandfather has cancer and I must pay for his surgery. <laughs> <laughs> But he had to kill Apollo. He couldn't help it. Gorbachev was going to kill his family. I was going to say Noah's argument doesn't really work because he was from a communist country where, (laughs) you know, if anything, he definitely would have had access to the health care they needed. My grandfather lives in America. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it. I can't believe he moved to America and then got cancer. And now we won't let him come back for the treatments. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't watched Creed 2 yet. Uh, It is on my list of stuff to watch, but yeah, it's pretty good. I don't understand needing Drago to have his own movie, but my communist country has invested way too much money in all of these treadmills and weird electronic (laughs) devices. All right. There may be one way that I will be 100% on board is if they recast Dolph Lundgren's character with Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> Soviet Russia treadmill runs you. <laughs> Jesus. The height of 80s comedy right there. The thing about um the Creed movies is they actually kind of reinforce that uh that Drago is just the bad guy because they show like there's these all these negative consequences to his life from losing to Rocky. And his solution is to make his kid into a big bad boxer and have his kid beat up Rocky's kid like it's <laughs> you know not Rocky's kid but Rocky's protege and it's like yeah. well yeah so he didn't learn his lesson at all yeah I like the first one I need to, I just need to watch the other one but the first Creed is utterly fantastic like it's it's up there with the best of the Rocky movies yeah it shouldn't have been nearly as good as it was somehow I was so. like I I was shocked when I saw it, how good it is. Even if it's, you know, you can kind of tell the parts where Stallone insisted on rewriting the script in order to... I didn't see it for some reason. Oh, really? Is it got what's-his-face in it? The the dude from the bad Fantastic Four? Yeah, but Michael B. Jordan's actually a really good actor, so don't hold that. Listen, listen, I know, but he's always going to be guy from the bad Fantastic Four movie to me. Oh no! So so his whole entire but career is poison. Even wait, even after playing Killmonger and Black yes. Panther, you, you even can't then, himself. No, holy shit! Glad I didn't see that Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> right? I, I, it's not very often that I get to the end of a movie and I'm fucking angry that I watched it. And that movie made me fucking angry that I watched it. How about what if we do this? We'll call up Kevin Feige. Cause I got his number, my cell phone and we'll just, uh, we'll compromise with them. We'll just tell them like, look, Disney owns Fox. Now you just put out an official release of the Roger Corman, fantastic four. And we'll call it even. I don't understand why they wouldn't at this point. <laughs> I would just, you, you know, it would be even better. I would love them to put out a release and spend just an inordinate amount of money, you know, so like 250 K <laughs> or something and just 
put fan fucking tastic special effects <laughs> into that shit box of a movie. <laughs> I would lose uh, I would lose my goddamn mind. Sort of like they did with the original Star Treks where they just redid all the special like the Right, right. Just, space yeah, yeah, just, yeah nice. just clean it all up, make it look good. I'm on board. Cuz I'll tell you what, I've watched that two or three times and it, it really is a pretty fucking good movie. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just it's just also a shit movie. Everybody's trying, but you're you're telling a story that needs a 100 million dollar budget with $27 budget. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Well, I and just it's, it's like the, the acting is like it ain't there and the special effects ain't uh, there. And there's really but, no, no element of the story of the film is there. Like there's, it's not, nothing is right, but you can tell everyone's trying real hard and they actually I, care. I don't know. Cause I would, I would say the script is right. Like that script. If you just, gave that to a good director with good actors in a budget. It's a good movie. Maybe. I don't know. It's just, you give it to fucking Roger Corman with fucking $30, a pair of tongs and a toaster. <laughs> Tell him to make a fucking movie. This is what you get. I just feel like it's like, now is the time to release it. Like you hundred percent own it. You own the company that paid for it to be made. You own everything. Well, and they like it's done. You just put it out. You got just dump it on the plus there too. Yeah, like they everything is on there. That other shitty Fantastic Four movie is on Disney Plus. Like, why wouldn't you put this one there? I don't understand. Like I said, even if they just put it on physical media, like for nerds, they're like, well, very small nerdy section of the population wants this. Let's just put out, uh, I don't know, like a hundred thousand copies or something. And done. You just made money. Yeah. Just give me a, a steel book 4K release of that movie. And I will I'm gonna buy two copies of it, one to watch and yeah. one to put in some kind of sealed container upon a shelf. <laughs> to they worship have like those, a dead uh, god. They should have like those splat hands in it. Like the, it's got the little hand shape and like the little tether off of it, and you like snap it against the wall, and it's all sticky and shit. Ooh, yeah, blue, blue ones with a four on them. Yeah, yeah. see, well, no, no four on them. They don't have the special effects budget to put a four on them. <laughs> They're blue ones, and if you leave them in the sun too long, they turn green. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, should we talk about the other movie fiascos this week? Uh, where Warner Brothers decided that they have a finished Batgirl movie and they just were like, nah, we're not going to release it. Fuck. You know what? God, something, they're so stupid. Something I read, and maybe this is like bullshit speculation, but a whole lot of people were saying that it might have nothing to do with the movie being good or bad. And they tanked it on purpose for a tax write off. I've heard that too. That doesn't make any sense. They make it- weirder decisions in Hollywood. <sighs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I like I've told everybody, every decision that Warner Brothers makes that involves a movie is wrong. Therefore, this movie was probably great and well written and uh, going swimmingly. So they t- got rid of it because well, it's a brand new regime. So you would hope to make better decisions, but no, they will not look it's, like it. It's the whole thing is just fucking annoying as shit. Because you're just like, they had Michael Keegan back in a back in the bat suit, 
and they're ruining it. Like they had that opportunity. I said this, remember when it was announced that he was going to be putting on the suit again? I'm like, yeah. And they're going to fucking ruin it and waste it. And I wish <laughs> that they would fire everybody and start from scratch. And then they could do, you know, some Batman beyond style movie where he's the old Batman training the new guy or whatever. And it looks like they kind of did that. And then they're like, nah, I think part just, of the, I think part of the problem is, is that despite the fact that Warner brothers seems to not listen to their fans, uh, they do seem to listen to random people screaming on the internet an awful lot. And I, I feel like they've shifted gears about five times in the last few years. Cause it, everything was going one direction. Then they got bullied into the Snyder cut and everybody basically was like, yeah, this sucks a little bit less. And they were like, well, fuck now we have to rethink everything. Cause it sucks a little less. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. not, that's not the way this works. But, yeah, what they need to do is have what the, well, they need a hard reboot of everything at this point. Just fucking line in the sand. We're starting over and then gradually build your universe back up and have somebody in charge of it. Because right now, yeah. nobody fucking knows anything. Like, like, honestly, like we were talking about it beforehand and we're like, we're pretty fucking nerdy assholes and we aren't sure what's connected to what. And you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, we can't figure it out. How is a normie audience going to? They're never going to. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Well, and then the funny thing is, so then they did Suicide Squad and then they were like, OK, well, that kind of worked, but it didn't do as much money as we thought it was going to do. Peacemaker comes out and fucking sets the world on fire because everybody's like, what the fuck did James Gunn do? He made this show amazing. How did this happen? And then they were like, oh, well, then we've got to redo everything again. And then the Black Adam trailer started dropping and everybody's hyped about it. And they're like, well, fuck, now we got to redo everything again. And it's like, why didn't you guys think any of this out? Yeah. Like, again, get somebody who knows comic books and put them in charge of all this shit. Yeah, they need a Kevin Feige. They don't. Yeah. They don't have one. It's not like <laughs> I'm kind of hoping because you know obviously they're still releasing the the Flash movie that they've spent uh, half a million dollars <laughs> listen, on. Listen, <laughs> if if you are saying with confidence that they're still releasing the Flash movie, I think you're getting ahead of yourself. They've been teasing that Flash movie for a fucking decade at this point, and I haven't seen a Flash movie out yet. Right. I was going to say, but how funny would it be if instead of like redoing everything, because, you know, they've already shot everything and they've already spent a ton of money. Uh, they just changed the ending so that like he exits the speed force and all of a sudden it's CW flash. <laughs> 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 then they just don't they just don't tell Ezra Miller. He just goes to the theater and finds out he's been replaced. <laughs> But what about like that whole thing too with they had they were building a universe on television. Why didn't they just transition that into movies? Because they still had the mentality that TV stuff is TV stuff and movie stuff is movie stuff. And, they, and that TV is for the lowly masses at home. Well, and movies are for cinematic auteurs. And while when you say that, I would say that's not true anymore. You know, some TV shows are just as good as movies. That's not true for the CW. Oh, and it's as, totally and not. as much as I like, what's his face? The actor who does CW flash. I don't, I don't think he can carry a gigantic giant budget movie. Well, not now. 
if they would have found some way to use him in the Justice League, but that was never going to happen because, again, everything's so separate, convoluted, and Zack Snyder-ish that it just... just, Yeah, just as long as we can get movies without poop filters on them, I'm fine. And he's done playing. He's, he's done playing Flash anyway. Well, that's the know. that's what I'm saying. It's the perfect time. The shows the shows well, going off the air. I think it's going off the air because he doesn't want to do it anymore. I think he's just. Wow. It's like nine seasons is enough playing Flash. I need to go do something else because they've been like re-signing him every year for the past like three years. Because he's kind of been ready to stop, and they're like, "No, no, we'll here's here's some more money. Come back and do another season." <laughs> All right, fine. I think I might. I, they should recast it as Zach Efron. Zach Efron is the plaid. <laughs> you know, I don't have a huge problem with that. If he was playing like the Wally West version. I don't even think he needs to play that. Cause I mean, like he did, uh, uh, who was the serial killer he did on Netflix? Ted, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Ted Bundy and stuff pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I, I have a lot more faith in that dude than I used to. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just don't know if the normal, reality of movie watchers is ready to take him as a super intelligent CSI type person. He'd also be a really good Ted cord or booster gold. I would, I'd buy a booster gold. Yeah. I gave him credit a long time ago. Cause I think he's actually really funny and he he's in on the joke of everything. He understands how people see him and he's like, man, that's how it is. I'll just play into it. It's fine. So I didn't see the Scoob. Have you watched the Scoob movie, Doug? No, kid? no, I have not. No. Apparently they made a sequel and it's also being scrapped just like Batgirl. Like, how do you make movies and then not put them out? I don't. I don't the Batgirl one apparently had a $90 million budget. $90 million and you don't put it out? It had a $90 million budget and they had spent 70 like at that point at, like in, in a world where there's all the streaming and shit just dump it somewhere yeah. sell it to Netflix they'll buy anything yeah it was already going to HBO Max anyway <laughs> I just don't know why they just didn't be like well just an HBO Max movie let's not worry about it too much S- sell it to one of those weird superhero parody porn sites and let him just edit <laughs> in dick shots <laughs> uh, Michael Keaton would love that wouldn't he Instead of nipples on the bat suit, they just added a giant dick on the front. All right. Well, that might not work. I don't know. I think it might work because how many people would fucking be like, I got to see this giant dick on the bat bat suit and tune in to at least see what it looks like. All right. Maybe I'm mistaken. What do I know? (laughs) Did you hear? They put a dick on the bat suit. Are there balls on the bat suit? I don't know, man. <laughs> we have to find it and then watch it. Lucia's not gay by putting nipples on it. Every incel on the uh, fucking internet. It was crazy. What a weird, what a weird argument. Like, I accept the fact that putting nipples on the bat suit was a weird decision. But it's not gay. It's just nipples, man. Well, I don't know. Isn't the director come out and say it's gay? No, I don't just, know. Am I mistaken in that? I believe he has. Louis come out and said that that movie is intentionally gay, including the nipples are intended to be gay. I don't necessarily understand how. I never. I I saw that movie once in theaters in whatever fucking year it came out, and I don't remember thinking it was gay. I just remember thinking it was terrible. Yep, I just uh, fuck was I? I just wrote something. 
I don't know, one of my articles was talking about how Batman and Robin basically killed superhero movies for like a couple years. Yep. And Blade brought it back, surprisingly. Well, they're only like two years apart, which is hilarious that people are like, it killed the genre. Yeah. Because it didn't come out for long enough for them to make Blade, because that's pretty much how long it takes. It did kill what people thought was an unstoppable franchise. But that franchise was on its way down, right? It was, but a lot of studios didn't want to take on a big budget superhero movie because Blade, while relatively has a decent budget, it was not looked at as a big tentpole movie or something that was going to make a shit ton of money. And it surprised everybody because they just let people be like, oh, yeah, do whatever you want. And somebody's like, okay, I'll make it like uh, the comic, except maybe just a little bit better. And then, you know, people enjoyed it which surprised everybody yeah. and then they got done and they were like hey wesley this withholding doesn't look right on your tax forms <laughs> <laughs> he was like no nah, man i've got an accountant it's fine <laughs> yeah that wouldn't happen until the third movie that's when he was really problematic that's when he was he had the shower he's laying on the table and wouldn't open his eyes that the director told him open your eyes at this point he's like no Oh, for fuck's sake. So the director had to spend money to have CGI eyes put in. So it looks like he opens his eyes at some point. <sighs> fucking guy. <laughs> imagine imagine being fucking blade and ending up in jail because you refused to pay your taxes. Like <laughs> I was too busy killing vampires, I couldn't pay my taxes. I bought a four hundred and fifty million dollar house. How am I supposed to pay taxes? I forget who it was. I just, but I just was like flipping through social media and I stumbled across some stand up comedian talking about how he was like, yeah, we're like, we were all out. And all of a sudden, Wesley Snipes is like telling us that we all don't have to pay taxes. And I'm thinking, I think we do, you know? Like, and it's just, <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't think that makes sense, Wesley. Shut your mouth. All right. Wait, why are you the only one that doesn't have to pay taxes? If we all don't do it, we all can't go to jail. The whole fucking sovereign citizen movement is fascinating in some ways. Which is uh, basically what he fell under. Do you guys do you guys have those wackos in fucking Canada? Yeah, we, we have everything in Canada. Just ours is not the cartoon version that you guys have. So, <laughs> yeah, we have we have people who feel like, oh, if I don't file a tax return, then I don't have to pay my taxes and all that kind of dumb shit. Every now and again, they're in the news. I do I do not need a driver's license. The Constitution says that I have a right to travel. We had our trucker protests, you know. Yeah, they're just a lot more polite about it. They're just like, I'm not going to pay taxes, eh? Sorry about that. Every now and again, I watch like YouTube videos of this, and sometimes there's Canadian ones, and you can tell they've just read or, or watched the videos of these other guys because they're just quoting back the... Uh, the American script, and you're like, yeah, it doesn't apply up here, idiots. That's, you're quoting the Constitution <laughs> of another country. Morons. Well, the, so- the sovereign citizen people down here aren't even quoting the Constitution. They're quoting, like, other stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating. The whole thing is fascinating. Everybody be dumb. I kind of like watching them. I watched one where there's, like, this woman in court, and she was saying, like, she was doing the I, I, I'm not a citizen so you don't have jurisdiction over me nonsense and the judge just goes so why are you here 
Because by showing up, you're acknowledging that you were legally required to be here. So you showed up and you acknowledged that I had jurisdiction to force you to be here. So your argument is completely gone. <laughs> and the person was just sitting there fascinated. And I really enjoyed it because I like watching stupid people get made fun of. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.